0: From Interfaith Alliance, this is State of Belief Radio. I'm Interfaith Alliance President, Reverend Paul Brandeis Rauschenbusch in New York City. As part of the launch of Faith for Pride Campaign 2023, Interfaith Alliance brought together a diverse group of leaders of faith and conscience to hear why and how they are creating events and opportunities to highlight the moral mandate for LGBTQI plus inclusion in their work and ministry. We heard so many good things. It seemed essential to share those voices with you here on State of Belief. And so this week you'll hear Reverend Don Abram, Reverend Tracy Blackman, Sushma Dwevedi, Pastor Bill Knezevich, Tracy Labgold, Maharat Rory Pickernice, Philippe Zurita Quintana, Ani Sonnenfeld, and Malakai Garza. We are in an exciting new era for state of belief. We've partnered with Religion News Service, the leading religion journalism organization in the country for distribution and expansion of the show. We hope the important conversations we produce each week will reach new audiences and contribute even more to the search for strategies and solutions to the very real challenges facing our nation please be sure to subscribe to the new and improved podcast called The State of Belief at Apple Podcast or your favorite podcast platform or at stateofbelief.com slash new podcast. We have so much planned for the weeks and months ahead, and I don't want you to miss out. So subscribe to The State of Belief today. The State of Belief is is made possible in great part by the generous support of our listeners. If you've made a donation, thank you for helping get these conversations heard by more people who need them. If you haven't pitched in yet, information on how you can keep this show on the air is available at stateofbelief.com. And you can find out more about the work of Interfaith Alliance and join us at interfaithalliance.org and now let's get started with this celebration of faith for pride 2023 for those of you who are joining the interfaith alliance for the first time we're a national organization that's made up of diverse people from different faith backgrounds as well as secular and atheist who come together to insist on the dignity and rights of all people together at the core of our mission is this idea that everybody deserves dignity in our country and that includes our beloved lgbtq siblings many of you are with us today we are so glad that you are here this is personal to me as well as a gay man with a husband and two children um my husband and i were married in the church our children are baptized in the church for me faith has been a great source of inspiration and support for my family for this journey called life and yet there are many people out there who are using religion as a means to discriminate rather than celebrate, and to subjugate rather than liberate. And so today on this first day of Pride Month, we want to be with you to insist right now that faith can be mobilized to support LGBTQ people, to celebrate LGBTQ people, and insist on joy for our communities that are really under attack. So, so this this next hour is going to be a time of celebration and liberation and inspiration for all of us. And I'm very excited. So as you all know, this is an important time. We have over 100 national groups and local groups that are coming together for Faithful Pride. And in part, we're animated by the fact that we have over 500 bills that are targeting LGBTQ people, especially trans people and drag and families like mine and erasing LGBTQ history. And so right now, this fight for shared justice, this is fight for all of us, for for everyone. And we're bringing together all of these groups to say, no, faith will show up for LGBTQ people This year and from now on we're not receding. we're going to proceed, so um, this is a, a month long organizing effort and people across the country are organizing amazing events and one of the things we really want you. To do is make sure that you register the event on the faith for pride website, so that people in your local community can find these events and we want to have a map of the country that is just. Filled with events so that people know that wherever they live, there are people in their community, whether that's North Dakota, whether that's Fresno, whether that's Missouri, any where people can find people who support them, that queer youth can find people that support them, that families with trans young people can find communities that support them. So register your event. I also just want to you know say if you know of anybody who wants to get involved or if you want to get more involved, faithforpride.org. I also want to extend a special thank you to the partners who have helped organize this, including the Anti-Defamation League, Keshet, the Religious Action Center of Reform Judaism, and the United Religions Initiative. And they have been kind of the, the central core um, that have helped make this possible. I also want to give a shout-out to my colleague Maureen O'Leary. Behind everything, Maureen O'Leary has been working so hard to make this possible. And Maureen, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So now, <laughs> without further ado, I have the extraordinary privilege to introduce our lineup. So we're gonna start with uh, the Reverend Don Abram, who is a Chicago native and founder of Pride in the Pews, a grassroots nationwide nonprofit that bridges the gap between the black church and LGBTQ plus people. Um, so it's th- they use storytelling, political education, civic engagement. I'm so glad to welcome my friend and, and sibling, Reverend Don Abram, please, Reverend Don, take it away. You may write me down in
1: history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod in me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still like air, I'll rise. Maya Angelou. It is an unmitigated joy and unadulterated pleasure to be in community with such a compelling cadre of comrades and co-conspirators. With great appreciation and innumerable pride, I'd like to thank the Interfaith Alliance team and Reverend Paul Rauschenbusch for the opportunity to celebrate the beginning of Pride Month with all of you. Uh, I am the founder and executive director of Pride in the Pews and for us, we work to ensure that Black LGBTQ plus Christians can thrive in the public square, the pulpit and the pew. As a queer son of the Black church, our mission is deeply personal to me. If you would permit me a moment of personal privilege, I'd like to invite you to promenade through the sacred annals of my own lived experience. Put simply, do you mind if I testify? Queerness haunted me for years. It lurked in the shadows of my life with little regard for my comfort or convenience. I rejected its alluring embrace with every fiber of my being. Desperate for relief, I found refuge in the place that promised deliverance, the Black church. I got it, but not in the way that you may think. As the son of a Southern preacher and patois-speaking grandmother, the church was my second home. That is, until queerness manifested. In the twinkling of an eye, the church that raised me nearly turned its back on me. In an instance, I was betwixt and between. The fear compelled me to adopt ways of being that did not speak to the dynamism of my intersecting identities. As I see it, pride in the pews is an embodied invitation to people of faith. We are inviting our faith communities to resist the vestiges of dehumanizing theologies that serve to harm members of our community. We are asking our beloved traditions to sever its connection to systems of oppression that seek to dehumanize the disinherited and ostracize the othered. In essence, we are offering the church an opportunity to be made whole by seeing Black LGBTQ Christians as beloved by God and as worthy of care, compassion, and community. Now, while I understand for some, this may seem as if it is a monumental task, but I humbly and with all due respect beg to differ. Our very presence here today is an embodied refutation to the notion that things cannot change. Our collective voice declaring the Amago Day in all of God's children is evidence of our abiding and deep commitment to reclaim our liberating traditions for unadulterated freedom and so in those moments where the task seems unlikely or seems too heavy to hold i want to lift up the words of reverend dr martin luther king jr wherein he writes was jesus not an extremist in love and so i ask you what kind of extremist will you be today And I will argue that my heart is full and my faith is renewed because I am staring in the face of an august virtual body whose intent on being creative extremists, disrupting the status quo, challenging dehumanizing theologies, and ushering in a world wherein no one is seen as other or is treated as other. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much, Reverend. Uh, Appreciate that testimony. Uh, It landed. Uh, and really appreciate who you are and uh, what Pride in the Pews has done already and will do. So thank you so much. Our next speaker is Philippe Zorita uh, Quintana, who serves as the Leadership Council Chair for the United Religions Initiative North America. URI is a grassroots interfaith network that cultivates peace and justice by engaging people to bridge religious and cultural differences to work together for the good of their community and the world. Philippe, we're so glad you're with us today. And we're so glad that URI was able to be one of the organizing groups around uh, Faith for Pride this year. So uh,
2: thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, we're truly grateful to be able to be part of this uh, initiative and to be able to support our brothers and sisters and siblings in the LGBTQI family. Um, as uh, Reverend Rosenbach, uh said, you know, we are an interfaith organization. We try to collaborate with everyone, adopting and understanding that the interfaith movement is the most inclusive of movements that we can experience in our lifetime. Um, I think that one of the most important things that unites us is the understanding of the golden rule. You know, Confuci- uh, in Confucianism, we see it as one word which sums up the basis of all good conduct, loving kindness. Do not do to others what you do not want done to yourself. We see it in Christianity, when Matthew says, in everything do to others as you will have them do unto you, for this is the law and the prophets. In Islam, no one of you truly believes until you wish for others what you wish for yourself. Judaism, what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. This is the whole Torah. All the rest is commentary. And I can go on and on with Sikhism, Hinduism, Buddhism, um, Baha'is, and every other spiritual practice and ancient civilization that has existed through the Earth. We believe in this eternal principle of the golden rule, treating others as we want to be treated, and how important it is for us to put ourselves in the shoes of somebody else that might be living an experience that is completely different from the one that we are experiencing. I myself identify as a gay man. And just like Reverend Don, thank you so much for what your words were saying. I also felt this unsafety, this, 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 this fear, this almost pain of not real, of not understanding that I am uh, a beautiful and universal creation, just like everybody else and everything else in this universe. And understanding that took years and years and years of unlearning, of understanding, of loving myself, and also understanding that other people, because of society and the way that we have been raised and the people that has, you know, dominated cultures, has said that we are not normal, that we are not okay, that we are not of God, when in reality, we are just like everybody else. Um, URI is really, really um, interested on fighting religious motivated violence. This is considered religious motivated violence when we're using religion to weaponize against our siblings, our human siblings, our Earth. We are seeing that this is manipulation of a beautiful community that could lead us to more unity, to more justice, to more equity and equality. So we definitely definitely join with Faith for Pride with Interfaith Alliance on this effort and I'm truly grateful to see that we might um see so much violence inspired by religion but there are people in all those different religions that also stand for justice and for equality so what are some things that anyone part of a community that for part of an organization or religion is seeing maybe this religious motivated um uh this this violence religious motivated violence against us lgbtq people speak up stand up use the golden rule this is that one principle that your preacher that your reverend might be teaching you and it's in your scriptures use the golden rule to justify the love and compassion that we should be giving to everybody else question and ask why is it that we're doing this and then organize we have the freedom the beautiful freedom to live in here in the United States, where we have the opportunity to organize, to speak up, to make sure that our legislators locally and state and federally can hear our voices join yourself with all their brothers and sisters in your religion join your join with all their brothers and sisters and siblings in different religions in your local communities there is power in unity and showing that a hindu a buddhist a jewish person a muslim and a christian can come together to capital and talk to legislators and say we do not approve and we do not um, go for bills that are targeting our trans sisters and brothers our LGBTQ members and everybody else in our society. The moment we understand that by hosting safe spaces is crucial to the growth of our per- our personal growth, but our community of communal growth is the moment that will stop attacking anyone that might sound look or act differently than we personally think is the normality. Because let me tell you something, as we are all here in our different religions and our different spiritual practice, we're all quite different from each other. And what normal means to me might be very different from what normal means to you. Thank you for this opportunity. I hope that we can keep collaborating and helping on this incredible journey that is to find justice and equity for all of us, all of us.
0: Thank you so much for that. I, I appreciate also just the reference of organizing, coming together across difference and, and finding people in your community to come together because we, we can show up and we must show up. So thank you so much. Next is uh, is Pandit Sushma, who I just want to say I had an opportunity to actually participate in one of her um, Hindu rituals for Diwali with my children. Um, and it was a, a room full of children from all different backgrounds, who uh, Sushma welcomed all of us together. She is um, has an amazing project that I'll let her talk more about. But welcome, Pandit Sushma.
3: Thank you, um, Reverend Paul. I'm finding myself really emotional at listening to everyone speak. Um, and um, I, I think that's largely because I'm so moved at the incredible interfaith movement. Um, I've personally got into the pundit game, if you will, um, because it was deeply personal to me while I was getting married myself. I'm a boring old cisgender straight woman with two children and my husband has a transgender sibling. And when we were embarking upon the wedding process ourselves many many years ago um, it became painfully obvious to me that perhaps our trans sibling would not have the same experience and I feel really ignorant that I didn't actually think about what that experience would be like for them sooner than when I was going through it myself but they really wouldn't have been able to find a pundit and that just to me felt like absolute crap so I tapped deep into some roots and um, I am lucky enough to be in my 40s and have uh, a living grandparent and my grandmother um who helped me train to become a more progressive inclusive hindu pundit i've come from a long line of pundits as family and i made it very clear to her that my intention was to provide services to the lgbtq community because i just didn't think it was right and to her credit she said good go help people get married go help them have children go help them start their families whatever their families look like and as I became a parent myself, um, it became increasingly important to me to make sure that my kids knew a world where everyone was equal. And that's why it brings me so much joy to have kids Diwali every year in a boisterous room full of families of all shapes and sizes and in many, many forms. Um, when I got started, I will say I did feel a little bit alone. Um, I found that anytime I got any visibility, I've been yelled at. at providing wedding services um, and and services to to families in the LGBT community. Um, And it's gotten much better. And I think that this interfaith showing is a really incredible testament to leaders such as ourselves coming together to rally across faith and let members of our community know you're never alone, that we stand with you in allyship and advocacy across every spectrum we can possibly take to whether it's taking to the streets of capitol hill or fighting the online fight although i personally try not to engage on twitter anymore myself um it's just you know as it is and wherever you go you are loved um so i i think that um as a south asian and a member of the hindu community um i really didn't know any other Faith leaders myself, when I was getting started, and now we have a small network of progressive pundits. So um, I try to stay in touch with them and we keep in touch on top of each other's activities to make sure that we can show up. And part of the reason we feel the need to mobilize so much more importantly is because unfortunately, the hateful voices are loud. Um, They're loud and they're really relatively well organized, if I may say so myself. And so I think it's incumbent upon folks like us to get louder and organize better and smarter and take to whatever avenues we have um to set a better example because it doesn't have to be the way there is no hateful scripture out there the only thing that's full of hate is someone's interpretation so i feel um quite quite humbled to be in this group myself um i can't thank you enough for letting me join Um, i look forward to a robust pride month as i'm sure all the rest of you are participating in as well and let's make the world a better place together
0: Thank you so much, Pandit Sushma. We just so appreciate it. And uh, I personally appreciate it. My children appreciate it. So thank you very much. Our next speaker is Ani Zonenfeld, uh, who is a writer, a singer, songwriter, and founder and president of Muslims for Progressive Values, an international human rights organization that advocates for social justice and equality for all. She is a strong supporter of freedom and of expression, conscience, women's rights, and as an ally of LGBTQ rights. Thank you so much for being here, Ani. We are so glad for all of your work and appreciate all you bring to this conversation and so many others.
4: Thank you, Paul, and uh, peace greetings to everyone. Assalamu alaikum. so I share Pandit Shushma's experiences and journey into, into the work that I do within the Muslim community, and so I re, uh, it really resonated for me. Um, so last week in advance of Pride Month, uh, 153 plus religious leaders in America, mostly in America, signed on a, um, a position statement that basically stated that they did not recognize the legitimacy of LGBTQ people which includes their rights as human beings, substantiated by their interpretation of theology and their constitutional right to hold such discriminating positions in the name of Islam. And what is really appalling is that they uh, basically, as ultra-Orthodox Muslims, have uh, represent a very minority group of uh, American Muslims, because over 52% of American Muslims actually support uh, LGBTQ rights. And what is also just as appalling is their omission of the rich history of Islam and the teachings of the Quran. So for example, the word in the Quran, there's a direct reference to gender variant people. In the Quran chapter 24, 31 through 33, it describes the characteristics of people as men who do not desire women. These are direct references to sexual diversity in what is believed, according to muslims is god's words mentioned with that an iota of hate or prejudice so the omission of all these rich facts by these religious leaders are nothing short of misleading falsifying the true teachings of the quran throughout islamic history even there has been islamic laws on inheritance for homophrodites and so all this are these valuable teachings that is conveniently omitted within the traditional ultra orthodox Muslim community. And so, for progressive Muslims, Muslims for progressive values, we've been advocating for the equality and the spiritual equality of all human beings. There's a very, very important um, uh, verse in the Quran where it talks about there's a moment in the womb where God blows the spirit of God into the womb. Therefore, all of us, regardless of religion or no religion, gender, um, in, in all its diversity, we are all spiritual equals. And this too is a rich teaching that is not being taught as at the core of what it means to be a Muslim or what it means to be a good and just human being. And so one of the efforts that we have done is um we start a campaign how do we move this forward how do we challenge religious leaders to really step forward so we are urging for the, all those religious leaders who have not um signed on to this Intolerant hateful position statements for them to sign on to get have their voices heard in an initiative that we started some years ago after the pulse shooting. And it's called no hate in our faith and it's on our website and I urge all religious leaders, particularly Muslim religious leaders to sign on to this and this this pledge is basically to say we are no longer going to teach the theology of hate, regardless of where that hate is directed, whether it's to African Americans, to uh, people, uh, Jewish uh, people, whether it be to LGBTQ people from Sunni to Shia, Shia to Sunni. Let's just do away with a theology of hate, regardless of what religion you are. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. That is exactly what we need in this moment and so we so appreciate all the work that you've done and it's just so important for people not to feel alone. And so just uh, I just am, I'm so glad that we are here together. Our, our next speaker is Maharat Rory Picker Nace, uh, who serves as the executive director of the Jewish Community Relations of S- Council of St. Louis. Um, Prior to that, she was Director of Programming, Education, and Community Engagement at Bias Abraham Congregation, a modern Orthodox Jewish synagogue in University City, uh, Missouri. She is one of the first graduates of Yeshivat Maharat, a pioneering institution training Orthodox Jewish women to be spiritual leaders and uh, Jewish legal authorities. So Maharat Rory, my respect and a deep admiration for you and all that you've been doing in Missouri, which I hope you'll tell us.
5: Us about.
6: Well, I thank you for uh, for this invitation for the wonderful introduction you did. Um, and I'm so grateful to you, to all of the co-sponsors and and to all of the speakers who have just been so incredibly inspiring. It really is such an honor to be among this group today and with all of you who are here together to launch Pride Month. Um, as you heard, I'm the executive director of the Jewish Community Relations Council in St. Louis. Um, I'm here also as a faith leader in the Orthodox Jewish community, um, but most proudly, I'm here as the mother of three of the most thoughtful, kind and creative children that God could give me the gift of raising, one of whom is 12 years old and a transgender boy. For four years, four years, my family and I have been traveling to our state capital to beg those charged with protecting us to see my son as human, as a person deserving of dignity, respect, basic rights. And we have begged them, begged not to hurt our family. And for four years, we have sat in hearing rooms, listening to person after person sit down to testify and say why harming transgender people is what God wants. For four years, I have met with bill sponsors, some of whom introduced themselves as pastors and listened to them tell committees why their faith demands that they advance this hate-filled legislation. And for four years, I have smiled politely and waited patiently for the opportunity to sit in their offices, to try to tell them about my family, only to have them tell me as I wept on their couches how they were acting out of love to save my family. And I have watched them celebrate as anti-trans legislation and anti-LGBTQ plus policies advance in the state of Missouri and across our country. I have spoken to so many people, so many people who have told me that they don't know their place in this fight that they themselves are not queer, and so they don't have a voice in this space. And so I wanna say to you today that there are people out there, powerful people, and they are speaking in your name. They are speaking in the name of your faith. And if you have not yet spoken out, then let today be the day that you take your voice back. For too long, we have allowed faith to be the voice that silenced our children, kicked out the vulnerable, and tried to quash the most beautiful and creative souls blessing us on this earth, but no more. Because my faith is a faith that recognizes that divinity is so much bigger, so much bigger than any binary, that God is a God of expansiveness and no narrow definition of God can ever suffice and that every person is created in the image of the divine. And so to access that divine, I need to see, to truly see every single person. Wherever you stand, whatever you have done before, you already have a voice in this fight. And my plea, my charge, and my prayer is that you are ready to answer the call to take your voice, and to make sure that voice is a voice for good, for love, and for the holy, for all of us. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Maharat Rory. And uh, for that, um, really, you can call it a demand that we all use our voices and, and that as part of it, we think of your family as part of our charge, our collective charge that it's not just your family, it's our family, all of our families. And so thank you um, for, uh, for that. I think, I, I think Reverend Don started us off with the testimony idea, but that was just so powerful. So we really appreciate it. Coming up next, more leaders of faith and conscience share their support for Faith for Pride. If you miss any part of today's program, you can hear full episodes of State of Belief anytime on our website. And please make sure you subscribe to the Next Generation podcast. Please go to stateofbelief.com slash new podcast. That's stateofbelief.com slash new podcast. You're listening to the State of Belief, where religion and democracy meet. We are hearing from a diverse lineup of leaders and activists about why they're working to include LGBTQI plus persons into their ministry and communities as part of Faith for Pride campaign. Our next speaker is Pastor Bill Knezovich, pastor of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fresno, California. Our Savior has long been a welcoming, LGBTQ plus affirming place of worship. Because of this, anti-LGBTQ extremists have made threats against this congregation. In April of this year, vandals broke dozens of windows at Our Savior Church, an incident that is still under investigation. In the months since, Interfaith Alliance of Central California and other faith community members have joined in solidarity with the congregation, demonstrating that hate has no place in Fresno. Pastor, welcome. We're so glad you're with us here today.
5: Well, thank you for inviting me. very honored to be here. Um... Uh, Dr. Sigrid is was to be here, but right now she's with all, all the folks you mentioned, uh, reading a letter to our mayor, who last year at the flag raising had promised uh, to be more inclusive in his one Fresno, and uh, to date uh, we have received no support from the city. Um, most of our support has come either from the, our uh, interfaith community or uh, from the federal government at this point. So in December, uh, we had a family-friendly drag show, and it was scheduled for December 10th, which we did do. But before that, we started getting all the hate calls and threatening calls, which are under investigation. And uh, the Proud Boys, they showed up in quite a big number. Um, Of course, we're identified as a fake church, grooming children and yet they stood out there uh, just most vile language and signs uh, aimed at the children and their parents who had come and since then we've had threats and uh, of course on uh, april 17th was when all the damage was done to the church now um i'm gay myself and half my congregation is uh, from the lgbtq community and plus we're very uh, ethnically mixed congregation so the attacks on us uh, would have felt well it was aimed to alienate and isolate us but i have to say that i'm very thankful for our interfaith colleagues who um, are uh, as i said right now reading a letter um, out loud at one of the flag raising uh, but they came and support and have stood with us so all i have to say is You know as we were cleaning up the glass at our vigil the only thing i could think of was a crystal knock and much of what i see that's taking place right now is uh, very scarily similar to what happened before fascism took over germany and and i see that rise in fascism here in fresno especially among our elected officials and unfortunately we are in a fairly conservative areas. We do have some uh, of our elected officials that are sympathetic, uh, but they really don't say much. Um, I think they value their positions on council or their positions in other areas um, of power more than they value the community. So again, I wanna thank everybody who has been very supportive of us. Um, We've always been involved in community organizing and you know it's just a matter now of us continuing to do that our pride parade and festival is coming up this uh, saturday we will be in there along with all the uh supportive clergy and uh, with big pictures of all the damage done to the church with the reality the attack on one is an attack on all thank you
0: thank you so much pastor and i just want to say that what it is is terrorism, trying to stop your church from bearing out your witnesses. Attack on religion it is a t- it is a terrorist attack using terror as a tactic, and uh, I I really appreciate what you said as far as the response, that the community came together, and showed that this was not the Fresno that you were going to build and refused to be cowed. And so thank you so much for for that. Our next speaker is. Tracy Labgold, a Florida Education and Training Manager for the Jewish LGBTQ organization Keshet. She works with Jewish organizations across the state to help them create a sense of belonging for all LGBTQ Jews and their family members who enter spaces and participate in their programming. Tracy has a Master's of Education from Teachers College at Columbia University and chairs the ADL's Natural Education Committee. She and her wife, Michelle, have five children. Tracy, welcome.
7: Thank you so much. And happy Pride Month, y'all. Um, it is an honor and a really humbling pleasure to be on this panel with all of you. Um, as the Reverend said, my name is Tracy and my pronouns are she, her. I am Florida's education and training manager for Keshet, where my role is to work with Jewish organizations across the state to help them ensure that LGBTQ Jews and their family members who walk through their doors feel a sense of belonging. I'm also a longtime supporter of the ADL, a 110 year old global anti-hate organization whose mission is to stop the defamation of the Jewish people and to secure justice and fair treatment for all. ADL and Keshet are so grateful to be part of this important coalition. Too often, religion is weaponized to harm the queer community. And the beauty of this interfaith coalition is to remind folks that we are taught that God created each of us in God's image and therefore each of us is holy in our full humanity. And the data from the Public Religion Research Institute's 2022 American Values Atlas Survey shows that continuing trends from previous years, vast majorities of most major religious groups support non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ plus people, including 86% of Jewish Americans. The Talmud teaches us that to save a life is to save the world entire. Transgender and gender non-conforming women, especially women of color and black women in particular, have disproportionately been targets of violence for years. We need to do more to keep our siblings safe and alive. ADL's Center on Extremism monitors anti-LGBTQ hate and extremism and has tracked a rise in hateful anti-LGBTQ rhetoric and incidents over the past few years. We've seen this lead to violence, lead to fear in the LGBTQ plus community broadly, lead to fear and insecurity among LGBTQ plus Jews who are part of our community. In Florida, that fear is tangible. The fight against anti-Semitism and the fight against anti-LGBTQ plus hate are inextricably connected. It is not unusual for the hateful ideology that drives anti-LGBTQ plus extremism to be intertwined with antisemitism. Some anti-LGBTQ plus fear-mongering simultaneously lifts antisemitic stereotypes and conspiracy theories about the alleged Jewish role in promoting the so-called LGBTQ agenda. Some of the rhetoric driving attacks on hospitals that provide medical and psychological care to transgender youth also include antisemitism, highlighting the deeply rooted relationship between anti-transgender and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, the past few years have seen increasing waves of anti-LGBTQ+ legislation, driven by harmful and dangerous anti-LGBTQ+ rhetoric. Tikkun Olam, the Jewish concept to leave the world better than we found it, compels us to fight these laws to create a better, safer world for LGBTQ+ people, especially our youth. And this is why Kesha and ADL are involved. We must speak up, share facts, show strength, and work in coalition to create a brighter future. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Tracy. Really appreciate all your work in in Florida as well as nationally. Our next speaker, Malachi Garza, is currently the Organizing Director of Solidaire Network a community of donor organizations who mobilize quickly to get critical resources and solidarity to the front lines of social justice movements. Malachi also serves on the boards of Song Power, Auburn Theological Seminary, and Glisten, and is one of the most inspiring speakers I've ever had the privilege of hearing. So Malachi, welcome.
8: Oh, wow, what a beautiful intro. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to say thank you uh, to Reverend Paul. It's always an honor to share space um, and this esteemed panel. I feel like I've learned a lot and I'm going to echo a few things uh, that I think people have said here and uh, try to say something compelling uh, and new in their little three minutes. So flag me down when I'm going too far because, you know, I've been raised in the church, baby. So I like to talk. Um, so uh, I want to say yes, I have done community organizing for almost three decades now. And now I am part of a national funders network called the solidar Network. We move rapid resources to the front lines of social justice efforts across the country and internationally. And I want to do a little bit of truth telling. Um, I will start with saying thank you to my dad who's here. The screen is blurred though, because it's, you know, my office is a little messy. Um, but I grew up in the evangelical church um, and in the movement spaces of the religious right. And I will say I've learned so much Um, from studying that movement, and I want to do a little bit of truth telling um, right now around uh, things I think are important for us to to lift up as we think about our own moves around community building and relationship building and staying in through trial and turmoil, and a long-term orientation uh, to staying in this together when it gets uncomfortable investing our time and resources. Um, And so one of the things that I love to talk about is who do we believe is part of the movement? Um, And must we all be actually part of the movement from people who do um, work at the auto parts store to the daycare worker, to the doctor, to the community organizer? If you work at a nonprofit, you work at a church, you work at a bank, I'm going to tell you right now, the uh i believe you know my god says we are all part of the movement for justice and so in thinking about us as active contributors to a movement that we all can be part of uh then it is our responsibility to think about what is the truth we are telling and how bold are we telling it and right now the stakes could not be higher um and so we know that the attacks particularly on the trans community. Is a road test for authoritarianism. We've heard that uh, people start to talk about that today, right? Ron DeSantis is contrasting himself with the group people who violate gender boundary binaries as a way to actually talk about his candidacy for president of the United States, right? We are gender people are like. You know transfer like one to 1.5% of this country and we are right now the litmus test around who the President wants to contrast themselves to something particular is happening. Um, and so, while we think about um, this goal around isolating and stigmatizing and in particular demonizing. Um, this uh, our communities it's very much setting up uh, the situation where there can be enacting random acts of violence that we know groups like the Proud Boys um, and the Oath Keepers are very primed to enact on our streets. And then that sets the stage actually for state-sponsored violence, right? We know that Putin actually did this within a nine-year period of Russia. uh, If you study a little bit of the history, he won his third term by attacking trans people first. Um, And so Republicans very much understand transgender issue as a tipping point around body autonomy around equality in America um, and I uh, gender identity really being at the Forefront and so I love to name names baby I'm talking about the Alliance for defending freedom I'm talking about the family Research Council rebranding focuses the on the family okay and the Heritage Foundation so I'm talking about Betsy Devos right it's not a mystery that education and body autonomy are going together right now in the forefront of what the right is moving. Right, It's also not um, a big secret that when Trump had to staff the White House, they moved half of the staff from the Heritage Foundation into the White House right? They wrote and architected those bills that we're now seeing passing in all sorts of states in this country, right? So it's, it is very much uh, those of us who study history and want to be involved in creating a world where we all belong, um, and that's good for all of us, uh, to understand this is not like a, how do we get here? Oops. Uh, Kind of like many things in the United States, this has been architected for a very long time. Um, It's not a coincidence. Um, And so we know that the anti-trans focus is not just ideological, but it's practical um, and it's cynical and it does provide a gateway into authoritarianism. And if this was another, we had an hour of that, we could also talk about ultimately dominion, dominionismism. One of the reverends is going to tell me how to pronounce that well, dominionism. Um, but that is for another webinar, perhaps, Reverend Paul. Uh, so I want to say that who do we believe is part of the movement? We all need to be part of the movement. This is very organized and highly architected uh, struggle for justice. Uh, the forces that we are up against are very clear um, and are very well funded. And so I want to say that the where we saw in our recent past, 90% of all the money ever raised for LGBT causes came from the right to marry issue. Right. And so we're actually seeing a moment again where we can galvanize our entire community to be focused and to be flanking a very vulnerable set of our community and a very important tipping point um and um a time where we can flank our our community and wrap our arms around and so there's a couple organizations i'm going to throw in in the chat the parents for transgender equality and the national council of hrc the transgender legal defense and education fund equality arizona the national center for transgender equity and the um, national center for lesbian rights are all actually leading legal effort to challenge these bills. They are helping organize families. They are even helping to do underground railroading of families with trans kids who are fleeing states where their kids can no longer access health care. And so this is a time where if you're watching this and you're like, I work at somewhere, this is maybe not, you know, I'm going to listen to these leaders. This is not, uh, we no longer believe that Rosa Parks was just like a tired lady who happened to randomly be on a bus, right? We are all part of a movement. We can all be organizers. No matter what we do, where we are situated, we are part of this movement for justice. Every speaker here, I'm sure, would love to plug you in to 25 efforts moving locally um, near you. And so we are here as servants um, of our faith traditions, of our peoples, and of the movement. And I will humbly say I would love to um, support any of you on your journey to actualizing justice. Thank you. It's such an honor to speak with this group today.
0: Malika, you can name names anytime. time. Uh, and those were exactly the names that need to be named. This is not a mystery where this came from. Uh, and uh, it's, it, it, I just really appreciate that kind of reminder of the forces that are working actively and intentionally against us, and specifically using the trans community um, as a vulnerable uh, test case for authoritarianism, to use your own words. Just thank you very much for that. Uh, Reverend Tracy, she is the Associate General Minister of Justice and Local Church Ministries for the United Church of Christ. She is the former senior pastor of Christ the King United Church of Christ in Florence, Missouri, and was the leading voice of frontline spiritual leaders influential in leading prayer vigils and engaging peaceful protests during the unrest in Ferguson, Missouri, after the murder of Michael Brown in 2014, and has continued to um, inspire all of us and rally all of us for justice and truth in this country. So Reverend Tracy, honored to have you on this in this group.
9: I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for the invitation, Paul. And thank you to all of these powerful witnesses in this gathering today, as we begin Pride Month, uh, I want to particularly thank you, Malachi, for naming those names and reminding us that this is not an accident. Sawabona is a Zulu greeting that literally translates as, I see you. To truly see another means to see them and their story, to honor and respect their place in this world. Being seen literally brings people and all that concerns them into our collective consciousness. So I begin my remarks on this first day of Pride Month by saying "Sawubona, I see you. We at the United Church of Christ see you and the divine in you. We are living through a scary time in our nation, my friends, the rights of LGBTI plus siblings are under relentless and evil attack. Since this legislative session began, there have been more than 650 anti-LGBTI bills put forth throughout the states. 160 of those bills have specifically targeted trans youth and their parents by interfering with their access to safe and medically necessary gender affirming care. I'm here today to remind you that the operative word, the word I want us to hold on to in my statement, is through. I join fellow faith leaders on this call to assure you that we have absolutely no intention of living with or in a world that legislates harm to any of God's beloved. We will not adjust, we will not normalize we will not accept a state of being that is beneath what I believe God intends for all of creation. Yes, our faiths differ, but our resolve does not. And we will get through this. We will get through it together. So today I've come to say sawabona, we see you. Our bold and beautiful queer siblings who are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of the divine. We see you, our scarred and sacred queer siblings of color who for far too long have borne the weight of xenophobia, racism, sexism and heterosexism in our midst. We see your resistance and resolve and name these two as gifts of the spirit. We see you, our trans siblings, who have laid hands upon themselves and as the Shanga might say, found God there and loved them fiercely. We see you, queer families, not as separate from ourselves, but as connected by all that is holy with us as one. This month and every month, We are here to bear witness that you are loved and adored. You are celebrated and supported. You are deserving of dignity, respect, and support. And we are with you until we all get through this evil together. In just a few weeks, the United Church of Christ will gather for our general synod, and of all places, Indianapolis, Indiana. And on June, July 1st, which is the day that some of the most egregious legislation that we have seen in this country will go into effect in Indianapolis. We will suspend our time together to go to the Capitol grounds. We will be met there by some of the legislators who understand the threat to all of democracy that what is happening right now poses. And we will stand against what we believe as faith people to be evil if there is such a thing, this is it. We will stand for all we know to be true. And this, my friends, we know to be true, that we are all connected. We are all reflections of the divine, just as we are and there is absolutely no way that any of us can be safe can be whole can be healthy can be filled with joy unless that is the possibility for all of us saw i see you we see you god sees you thanks be to god
0: Saobanu. Thank you so much, Reverend Tracy. Thank you so much to all of our speakers. I mean, I am moved. I'm riled up. I'm ready to go. Uh, And uh, I really appreciate all of our speakers. But as Malachi said, this is all of us. This is all of us, none of us are the leaders. This is all of us together. I wanna remind you that there are resources at faithforpride.org. I wanna remind you, if you're doing any kind of an event, just register it on the Faith for Pride website so that someone who may not know you yet and puts in your zip code will find you. Please uh, let us know what you're doing. We wanna support you at Interfaith Alliance. We wanna support you, the hundred groups this is, this is an amazing. So let us show up for one another, let us see one another, let us um, be uh, wise with one another and strategic with one another uh, and meet this moment. So, you know, we say happy pride, which is, you know, it's kind of like happy Easter or whatever, you know, name your tradition, you know. But what, what that really means is let's recognize this moment, not for a month, but for the future. and and coming together across differences, um, seeing those differences, recognizing them and celebrating them and, and coming together to be part of a liberation of our LGBTQ siblings and families and neighbors and loved ones. So thank you all so much. Reach out if you have any questions and happy Pride, everybody. And that's all the time we have for this week's State of Belief. Starting this month, we've partnered with Religion News Service, the leading religion journalism organization in the country for distribution and expansion of the show. We hope the important conversations we produce each week will reach new audiences and contribute even more to the search for strategies and solutions to the very real challenges facing our nation. Please be sure to subscribe to the new and improved podcast called The State of Belief, at Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform or at stateofbelief.com slash podcast. We've got so much planned for the weeks and months ahead, so I don't want you to miss out. Subscribe to The State of Belief today. We need your help to keep growing the state of belief. I hope you'll consider being a partner in this crucial work by making a financial contribution today Information on how to donate is available at stateofbelief.com. That's stateofbelief.com. And you can also be part of making sure informative and encouraging voices like these are heard by sharing this program with friends and family. Let's bring more people into the conversation. Also, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at State of Belief and share State of Belief with the people in your life. State of Belief is produced by Ray Kirstein and is a production of Interfaith Alliance. Become a member today at interfaithalliance.org. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Religion News Service or Religion News Foundation. Be sure to join us next week. I can't wait. And until then, I'm Paul Rauschenbusch on the State of Belief, where religion and democracy meet.